2: think we're live, Nick, and I want to welcome back everybody to another episode of the Chicago Audible podcast. Uh, this is day one of Bears Camp. Practice just ended. We are where, Nick? We're in, I think, Howie Hall. I think that's how you pronounce it. Howie Hall. Hopefully, here on YouTube, you can hear us pretty well. We have to use a separate mic for you guys compared to our podcast recording. Kind of a. What? Different. It's just it's, different. It's it a weird. cool
1: experience, though. It is. It is.
2: So. Deal with us where uh, people may barge into this hall, and they may try to kick us out throughout. But, uh, Nick, you want to talk about what we saw today at the first practice of training camp?
1: Yeah, I think as we were walking out, just out when training camp ended, we were just saying the difference from Mitch Trubisky in day one of this camp compared to last year, the guy just looked sharp. Every ball that was being thrown was to his receivers. If the receivers happened to drop the ball, it wasn't like because of Mitch Trubisky's fault. He was putting it on the money. He looked accurate, looked sharp, looked like he knew the offense. Just completely different turnaround from last year as opposed to this year.
2: Yeah, no, last year, especially early on in camp, we're very concerned about Mitch Trubisky and his play. But today, from the first throw to his last throw late in practice, every throw besides maybe two were on the money. He was throwing in, you know, rhythm. His timing was impeccable with his receivers, within the offense, within the scheme. Uh, throughout the offseason, that's what Matt Maggie has told us about this team and about Mr. Trubisky that he's really mastering this offense and I think we saw that today don't you agree
1: no I definitely think we saw a really good outing from the offense in general even with the second team Chase Daniel looked pretty well as well so I mean the offense looked good and that's what you want to see especially with this defense with being the defense that it was last year we want to see the offense kind of take steps in the right direction and overall I think the unit had a pretty good day today for day one
2: Yeah, absolutely. One last thing on Mitch. I mean, we could probably have a whole podcast about what Mitch did today, but... Did you see like any improved mechanics? I thought he was using his hips, and we talked about that during the quarterback show, how he doesn't use that completely to his advantage. I thought I saw him, his dropbacks were smooth, his, how he was stepping up in the pocket looked correct, and just overall his mechanics just seemed more polished, more refined.
1: Yeah, I can definitely agree with that as well. And even when there wasn't a receiver open downfield, you know, he did take the check down, which is going to be a reliable target for Mitch, whether it was Montgomery, Cohen, a receiver coming down the drag route. He didn't force throws in this practice, which is good to see, especially when you know a defense is going to give you those checkdowns at times. So I think you just saw overall mechanics, decision making, uh, just the way where he put the ball. It was just improved from last year to this
2: year. It was, and on top of that, we talked about the chemistry and the importance of the chemistry between he and. Allen Robinson, and that also came to fruition a couple times today. And, again, it's day one. They're not wearing pads. But to see those two connect, and then even off to the side when the twos and the threes are out there, I saw that they were having some one-on-one conversations. Even Mm -hmm. Matt Nagy would come in and discuss with them something. So, obviously, I think they know the importance of this as well, really trying to hit that home. And, I mean, really good results here for day one. Any final thoughts about Trubisky? I don't think we need to talk about Really, Chase Daniel or Tyler Bray, even though I thought Bray looked pretty well today mm-hmm. for someone who, again, is probably going back on a practice squad. That's his spot. But overall, all three quarterbacks look like you know this is the system. They know the system, which we know that from the backups. They've been in it for quite some time now. But overall, it just seemed like they're smooth. They're crisp. And nothing was kind of being held up by them.
1: Yeah, no, it's encouraging to see, even if it's only day one, you want to see this offense come out and do what they did today, can make completions, easy completions, get the ball to the receivers. And They did a pretty good job with that overall. One last thing I noticed,
2: two-minute drills. Did you see how quick they were getting the call in yep. and they were getting the play out and getting it lined up? That was something last year They we had a very difficult time getting, especially late in the games, that two-minute drill. Now, it did work in the playoffs uh, fairly well, but to see how quickly that they can get those plays calls in, how quickly everyone can get lined up and get the snap-off in that two-minute drill, I think that's why uh, the Bears, until the defense decided to change otherwise, which we'll talk about that in a moment, uh, they did a really good job of that two-minute drill overall, at least moving the ball down the field.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And again, like you mentioned, that defense, they did uh, hold up a little bit in the end and we'll
0: get to- Finally
2: uh in a little bit all right let's shift stay in the backfield though let's talk about the running backs what's some of your just general big picture takeaways from that unit today
1: yeah so I had a pretty good vantage point from where I was watching practice and we had the running backs just do some ladder drills and just working on their lateral movements and their footwork the entire group and Matt Nagy Ryan Pace alluded to this in their press conference indicator they said that that group is a very strong one and I saw that from all the running backs, from Tariq Cohen, who led the group, to Kareth White, who was usually the last one in the group ring. They just look smooth in their cuts and their drills. And from just the running backs coach, they, he liked what he saw from them. And I think that's going to be great for this offense because whether it's a Ryan Nall who has to be asked to maybe rep in the preseason or Kareth White or David Montgomery, he's going to get playing time. You want to be able to rely on each one of those guys, and I thought they looked pretty good today.
2: They did, and again, with it being day one, just like last year, the Bears keep us on our toes in terms of who's lining up where, Uh, and then who's lining up with the ones, who's lining up with the twos. I saw David Montgomery today lining up with the ones, twos, and threes, which again, he's a rookie. Uh, He's going to have to earn his way through, but he did get plenty of reps in with Mitch today. Um, I know people are definitely wanting to know, what David Montgomery did in his first practice as a Chicago Bear here in camp. And at least for me, two things that stood out. Number one, his ability to change direction on the field in a hurry, just one move. And he's, you know, an entirely different direction. And of course uh, his ability to either miss contact. And even though there weren't any pads today, he was not shying away from contact at all. So for me, David Montgomery had a very strong day, started off rough. I think the first time I noticed he had a drop, Uh, but he and Mitch reworked that drill and they were able to correct it. But overall, David Montgomery
1: impressed me. What about you? Yeah, and so you actually alluded to it. Even though they weren't in pads, you could tell David Montgomery wanted to be. There were a couple of times where he's running down the sideline and he's doing those juke moves at the end, and Joel E.A. Boonewe is like, running into him. He can feel the contact, and so did Kyle Fuller uh, on one of the occasions. But I think once we see the pads, which should come on tomorrow, then we're going to really see what David Montgomery can do. But I think overall a solid practice. It was, I think it was just the one drop he had initially, but he looked smooth in and out of his breaks, similar to what you saw at Iowa State. Obviously the pad's there, but tomorrow we're going to really see what David Montgomery's about.
2: What about Mike Davis? I, he's someone too that impressed. I yeah. think there's, he had a lot more reps with the ones today than I thought. I thought they may have like you know warm him up, but instantly today it was he and Tree Cohen and even a lot of two back sets with both of them on the field.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what you know is going to be in this offense now where you can have that 21 personnel more often on the field because you don't know what's going to happen with these running backs. And yeah, Mike Davis, look, Ryan Pace. Matt Nagy, they've been alluding to that Mike Davis is a big part of their system. They like him here. And you saw in the practice field, he looks smooth as well. I think the running backs, like I said, the running backs had a really good day today. And that's from the bottom to the top of that group. And Mike Davis, again, a guy that was repping with the ones, twos, and that 21 personnel. I think that's what you're going to see more often from Matt Nagy in this offense this year.
2: Yep. And then, of course, Tariq Cohen. I think there's nothing I can say about what he did today that you listening at home don't already know. He looked fast. speedy. He was lining up wide half of the time with Mike Davis in the backfield as well. Um, But one thing I liked was 7-on-7 or even uh, some—well, we didn't get a lot of one-on-ones today. I was looking forward to that, but I didn't really see that come to fruition. But the matchup between Tariq Cohen and Roquan Smith, two of the most athletic guys on this roster. And sometimes on on 7-on-7, Roquan Smith, you can tell how quick he is because he's keeping up with Tariq Cohen in space. If that just gives you any sort of idea of what Roquan brings to the table. Were you watching that as much as I was? Because we were separated during
1: camp. So, you know, I didn't see as much of that. But on my end, whenever tree Cohen had a chance to uh, just say hi to the crowd, he definitely did. He's mm-hmm. always dancing. He has so much energy. When they were doing those footwork drills in the ladders, Tree Cohen's waving at the crowd. People love that. And I think they love the energy that he brings to camp. He's just someone that... Obviously, people want to be around, want to watch. He can make a big play happen at any moment. But I think that's what's really cool about Tariq Cohen and just having him in training camp. He's always someone that you have to watch out for.
2: Right. He was the first Bear on the field Mm -hmm. today for practice. And I think that may be trying to say sorry a little bit for that slingshot driving the other day. Because as I heard from the reporters, uh, Nagy was not really excited Mm -hmm. about his decision to go ahead and do that. So for him to be the first one on the field today... I think is sort of either repercussion or him trying to make good of that mistake. I don't think we need to get into that, um, but just my opinion on the matter. And I know we don't, we use our opinion sometimes on this show, but we try to be Absolutely. factual. Um, but yeah, Tree Cone, first player on the field. I always like to take a note of who that is each and every day. Anything else on the back say, do you want to move on to uh wide receivers?
1: I think it's good. Uh, we hit on look again, running backs had a good day, but yeah, the wide receiver group, I thought, um, you know, was pretty interesting. When we watched, uh, it was a new drill that they implemented in practice today where it was the one-on-one and everybody, the whole entire team, is kind of watching this. And, of course, Allen Robinson is the guy that kind of goes out and is going to be the representative for the offense, Mr. Trubisky's throwing to. And Allen Robinson lined up against Kyle Fuller on that left sideline, beat him on a vertical route, and then after that the defense has to do push-ups. But I think that's how you sh- Matt Nagy said that Allen Robinson was one of the top players he has ever coached. Mm-hmm. And you see that he's the one that's leading this group, who they're going to rely on. And I think Allen Robinson overall had a pretty good day today. He was lining up on the outside, in the slot, was going in motion at times. And I think that's what you're going to expect from Matt Nagy's options, just the wide receivers in general.
2: Right. Now, what Nick's alluding to about these one-on-one drills, it wasn't a true one-on-one drill where everyone gets a turn uh, in between some other positional or team drills. Uh, they would have... Uh, first time up was Fuller versus, of course, you just said it, Robinson. Robinson won that battle, so then the defense had to do some up-downs. And then later in practice, they flipped it, but it was the second guys. It was uh, Taylor Gabriel versus Princeton Mukamara. Uh, that was, I think, a miscommunication between the yeah. two, Trubisky yep. and Turbo, why it was incomplete. So then the offense, including the coaches, had to do the up-downs as well. So it's a small competition built inside of practice, which I like a lot. It that really, was awesome. Exactly. It really builds... Uh, team chemistry, accountability for either side of the ball one way or the other, and it's all fun at the end of the day.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So I think I hope we see a lot more of that, seeing which guy represents each side of the, the offense or defense because that is a very competitive drill. Mm-hmm. You know each side is wanting to win it, and then obviously there are some push-ups to be had afterwards if you don't win.
2: I'm telling you, there were up down, Up-down, they up-down push-ups. push-ups. Not the same thing.
1: They're both strangers. They are. They are.
2: <laughs> All right, so looking elsewhere at the receivers today, of course, none from the rookies. No Ridley, no Emmanuel Hall today. Nope. Uh, they were still out with their injuries, but we got to see a lot of Anthony Miller back in action. He looked like he hasn't skipped a beat. There's one time where I think Trubisky and he weren't able to connect. Felt like a little bit of last year. <laughs> uh, I will sitting next to Jonathan Wood. If you don't follow him on Twitter, definitely check him out. And he noticed that. He's like, oh, they're just like last year, no chemistry. And I was like, well, remember. Anthony Miller was out all of OTAs with rehabbing from his shoulder Mm -hmm. surgery. So they still have some time to, you know, rebuild that chemistry and build upon what they established last year. But when you're looking at Miller, I thought Javon Wims had a really good practice. A few very strong catches. And then, of course, uh, Taylor Gabriel had that deep touchdown as well today. So all the skill positions, they had their flashes here and there. What about you? Any big-picture takeaways from those guys?
1: Yeah, no, I think they it, overall as a group for the wide receivers, they had a pretty solid day. I noticed that a little the seven on the 7-on-7s, I thought Anthony Miller was a little quieter. Um, again, he was going against Buster Screen and Duke Shelley for the most part, but uh, I think it was Miller on the right sideline against maybe the second- or third-string defense. Caught a nice touchdown in the back right corner of the end zone there. And that's what you expect to see from Anthony Moe just being the crisp route runner and the competitor that he is. But I think overall, like you said, these wide receivers, for the most part, did their job. And Javon Wims, I think it's going to be a guy, especially with the other two rookies uh, not practicing right now, needs to take advantage of these reps. And I think for the most part he did today.
2: See, there's a name we haven't mentioned yet, but he was fairly active, at least early on in practice, and that's for Patterson. Patterson. Uh, during 7-on-7, seven seven, I saw a lot of Trubisky going to him, a lot of short routes, something he did in New England because he's really good at getting yards after the catch, um, but no big plays from Patterson, but it did seem like they're really working uh, him into the offense, building a, a connection between Trubisky and, of course, Patterson. So for me, nothing splashy, nothing super flashy as well from Patterson, but you can see that they are really trying to work a him into this offense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know a guy that we also got to give some love to is Tanner Gentry. He had he, a nice uh-huh. catch down the left sideline, beat the seventh-round pick, Stephen Denmark. It wasn't even close. He, actually, he beat him pretty bad, and I think that may arguably be one of the better plays in, in camp today. Tanner Gentry, again, this is training camp. Of course you're going to see Tanner Gentry make plays, but he did make a nice one on that left sideline against Stephen Denmark. Uh,
2: you know it's August when we're talking about highlight plays <laughs> from Tanner Gentry. It's, I mean, it's it's pretty much tradition at this point. Absolutely. All right, anything else on the wideouts? I think that pretty much wraps it for me. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, again, a good day from them, a good day from the offense in general. Yep. All right, move over. Let's talk tight end here. Yep. Uh, my first thing that I noticed today, Bradley Soule. He looks like a tight end. I thought there's no way in hell that he's going to come out here training camp day one and look like a tight end. But he slimmed down. He looks a little bit more bulky, but like in a good way. And he's running out there routes. He looks fluid. Uh, maybe not as quick as some of the other guys, but
1: I would say sneakily more faster than I thought he was going to be today. What about you? Yeah, no, that was the first guy I won, uh, you to know, find on the practice field, eight, number 85. I thought it was Daniel Brown. No, no, that's what I thought, but I'm like, Daniel Brown is not that big. <laughs> and that, so just watching him, he was more fluid than I expected uh, when he was running routes. He was catching, extending his hands
0: out towards Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds.
1: the ball which is great to see from a guy that's transitioning to a new position and what was really really cool and great to see from Sal it was uh it was on the second field away from everybody where he's just kind of in the end zone pacing back and forth and the quarterbacks have an option to either throw in the nets or throw to Bradley Sal and he's just there kind of working and there wasn't an an opportunity that he, he just dropped the pass Got a little frustrated kicked the ball, but you see that he's trying to put in the extra reps, the work to try and just get better at this position. Obviously, it's no guarantee that he makes it, uh, but it's nice to see that he's putting in the work uh, wherever he can to try and get in those reps and just be the best tight end that he can be.
2: I mean, they already know he's the best blocking tight end on the team. So the fact that he's putting all the reps to enhance his receiving game makes all the sense to me. I think he's a has a pretty good shot at making this team personally. It just seems like, because there are even extra reps between Trubisky and and, of course, Sal as well, like at the end of some of the early stuff, not one-on-ones, but just quarterbacks working with tight ends or working with the receivers. At the end, it was always Sal going last and having one extra rep than all mm-hmm. the other guys with Trubisky, to me, says a lot about what their plans for him. Again, he's not going to be a big threat in this offense, but a viable one or, you know, plan D is uh, still not a bad thing for him. Uh, Looking elsewhere, of course, you had Trey Burton. He wasn't fully active. I would say he was off and on today. They're taking it easy again. Coming back from the hernia surgery, they're not going to just throw him into the fire here day one. But Adam Shaheen, too, they took it easy with him. Given his injury history, I'm not Mm going to be opposed. Uh, But I was still hoping to see more out of him today. The one thing I did notice, it wasn't even on the field, but just like Sal, he seemed more slim. He looked a little bit more condensed. I mean, he's always been a little... Chunky, I would <laughs> say in a way. Uh, chunky and clunky. That's Adam Shaheen yeah. for you. But today he seemed a little bit more slimmed down. Uh, then going down the roster, at so in my head, I'll give it back to you. I was surprised that Ian Bunting had more reps uh, during the two-minute drill later in practice over a Dex Raymond, uh, working with the ones even. And Ben Broniker, too, uh, had some really nice plays. A couple even on the ground, he was able yeah. to be uh, found for some reception. So any other guys in the tight end group stand out for you
1: you know ben Bronicker because one i was looking for just you know out of i guess just being natural looking for 84 but that's cordero patterson now so a 82 a number switch for um ben broniker but i thought he kind of stood out because with trey burden being out and kind of easing in to practicing again you saw him uh, utilize a little bit more and i was just kind of trying to draw up some of the formations that the bears had you're noticing that this tight ends on in line on the left side out wide like There's no guaranteed spot for any of these positions, and that's what's really cool about Matt Nagy's offense. But just kind of keying on to Ben Broniker, he made the opportunities when they were presented to him, like you said, catching balls when he was even on the ground. But I think that's what you expect to see out of a guy, especially when Trey Burton's on a full go, and obviously he's going to be the number one tight end. But you got to be able to rely on Ben Broniker as well.
2: Yeah, I think the Bears are doing this correctly because they know what they have in Shaheen. At least they hope that maybe it's a little bit more than what you've seen. Mm -hmm. They know what they have in Trey Burton. So they give some of these other guys these early reps in practice to really get some tape on them, to really see what they can do. And, of course, you can kind of set the bar, right? This is where they were today. Let's see where all these guys progress by the end of camp. And with the tight end group, I think that's a good – Way to go about it because at the bottom end of the depth chart, there's so many questions. It could really can go one way or the other. So they really need to make sure they give uh, these guys every chance they can to kind of make their case to make this roster.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Offensive line? Offensive line. Um, and, you know, as I was watching uh, the offense, I mean, obviously a big takeaway for me is just watching James Daniels at the center position now. And honestly, you wouldn't notice that there was a position change, nope, to be completely honest. Cody White obviously being the center before him, but it was fluid. There, were, I don't know if there was any missnaps snaps or anything like that because, again, the offense looked pretty smooth today. And there were times where uh, Khalil Mack was enforcing his will, and obviously that's against that offensive line. But for the most part, these quarterbacks had time to throw. And, again, you would not notice a difference with James Daniel at center if it was Cody Whitehair there, but for the most part, they did their job there. Yep. Uh, looking at the offensive
2: line, you talked about it, position switch. I forgot about it. Like, mm-hmm. As soon as like, James Daniels came out today, I saw him practicing his, his gun snap. And I was like, oh, yeah, we got to watch this. And that was the last thing on my yeah. mind throughout the entire practice. So, honestly, I think this is going to be a very smooth transition, unless something else arises. But today was a very, I think, a good example of what's to come in terms of that. Uh, looking elsewhere, I think both tackles struggled today. Uh, yeah. But they have a lot
1: of talent to go up against in Khalil Mack, Leonard Floyd. It's uh, not an easy task for not. sure. It's only we were talking about. It. It's only going to make these mm-hmm. guys better that they're you know going against a Leonard Floyd and a Khalil Mack on a daily basis, snap by snap basis. Yeah. So I mean, again, you can take you can take it either way. You would like to see them hold up a little bit better, but they are going against some pretty good pass rushes.
2: I mean, honestly, when you're Leno Junior. and of course uh, when you're over there and you're Bobby Massey, when it comes to Sundays. They're going to be like, oh, good, thank God it's not Khalil Mack, it's not Leonard Floyd. Their job should be easier on game day, which, I mean, is a great, not even a problem, it's a great situation to have here uh, as the Chicago Bears. Uh, One thing on the second-string offense line that I noticed that surprised me, Alex Bars was uh, the second-string guard Mm -hmm. uh, opposite Ted Larson, and then his uh, collegiate teammate, uh, Mustapher, was the second-string center. So, again, I know that if worst case scenario ever happened, they would probably want to go ahead and bring, uh, you know, if Daniels had to move over or bring Cody White here back in, whatever way that would happen. But the guy playing with the second team offense at center was uh, Sam Lucifer, I think is his full name, uh, from Notre yeah. Dame, the undrafted free agent. So, uh, let's we'll see if the Harry Heestand connection between those two is going to earn either a roster spots or a practice squad. Bid. But to see them already working with the twos and not the threes as undrafted free agents. I think that's a pretty good sign for those guys.
1: I think the harry heast connection really helps those guys in trying to move up the step chart because obviously having a, a connection to those guys is going to help you in any you know any sort of way. But that is a, a good way for those guys to get better reps and just kind of move up the step chart. All right, Nick. Well, it's been fun talking
2: about the Bears' offense. And up next, we do need to talk about the Bears' defense. But before we do, uh, just a quick timeout. I need not tell you a little bit about how you can get some seats to some games or to any event. Now, getting to your favorite game online can just be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's really hard to know who to trust. And that's why we're proud to partner with SeatGeek because they are uh, the way to go. You know, they do a lot of things that really get me excited uh, compared to some of the other competitors. Uh, they rate each ticket uh, by a deal so you know if you're paying too much. Uh, the green dots and the dark green dots, especially, are the ones that you want to go for. Stay away from anything in the yellow and the red. Those are just overpriced. Uh, SeatGeek does a lot to stand out. I love the interactive. Seat map. I tell you this all the time, Nick, Mm -hmm. but every time I go on SeatGeek and I'm looking for tickets, you click on them and it shows you what the view should be from that seat so you know, hey, I can live with that or that's exactly what I'm looking for. So you're not surprised when you get there uh, on the game. And as you know, everyone here at Chicago Audible, we have the SeatGeek apps on our phones and our devices and by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. Uh, again, we are going to the White Sox game here in a few hours, and uh, SeatGeek quiz where uh, we we're able to purchase those tickets. We are just scrolling through, found the seats we wanted, used that uh, handy-dandy interactive seat chart, made sure we got the biggest green dot deal that we can get, and uh, here we are we're going to the White Sox game in a couple hours. So if you want to use SeatGeek yourself, uh, we have a sweet deal for you, and it gets a little bit better. Uh, if you use our promo code, which is BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, you can get $10 off your first purchase on SeatGeek as well. And if you're looking for a Bears ticket right now, which I'm encouraging you to go to, uh, uh, even at home, or if you live farther away, go to the closest game near you. Uh, use that promo code Bears B E A R S for ten dollars off your first purchase on SeatGeek. righty. you're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm Ross Wildewit. I'm joined by my co-host Nicholas Moriano. Which, by the way, it's great to see you in person.
1: Yeah, this is. Uh, we haven't done this since probably last year. Again uh maybe or maybe it was like a preseason game or something or it's,
2: been a, while. it's, it's been, been a while it's been a long time i know the last time i remember is our live show that we did at the man cave that's last right, year yep. i feel like there's been one more since uh but it could have been me and brandon i think when we were talking about chuck pagano gotcha okay yeah not to get you guys confused yet again no that's okay but no it's really nice to see you here in person but let's get back to it bears defense yeah. hey how's it going jeff let's say hey good jeff joniak just walked past here That's awesome. You didn't want to stop for the podcast. He's busy. He's a busy, busy man. Knew we would run into somebody. Probably going to get kicked out of this spot by tomorrow. Gone. Gone. (laughs) Cool. Well, Jeff Joniak, if you heard him in the background, this is his first ever appearance on our podcast.
1: Hopefully not the last... All right, defense. Let's do defense, yeah. (laughs) Right. Woo, I knew something would happen. Yeah, I mean, we're in an open space in Howie Hall, I believe that's how you pronounce it. So, hey, so far so good, though.
2: That's right, just Jeff Joniak.
1: Yeah, just Jeff Joniak.
2: All right, defense, defensive line. uh, For me, initial thought is, Blond Nichols had a lot of reps today over Don Bullard and Roy Robson-Harris. I didn't see them working uh, the bottom two, Bullard and Robertson Harris with the ones all too often. It really seemed like, That's Bilal
1: Nichols' job now. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what we expected just based off of how Bilal Nichols finished and played last season. He was just a guy that would dominate when he got his opportunities. And Roy Robertson-Harris, a guy that I expect to see a little bit more out of, didn't really see number 95 out there doing anything. I mean, it's not that he wasn't there, but just from my vantage point, I guess he just didn't make any standout plays. Not saying that he didn't, but I just didn't see any. I saw him in the backfield okay. once. Okay. I don't know exactly because again, no
2: pads. So it's really it's, it's different. Yeah. Anything in the trenches today, very difficult to gauge. I mean, the entire practice is yeah. When you're going up against air for half the practice and there's no contact for the other half, we're trying our best here. But mm-hmm. defensive line, Akeem Hicks he seemed to get some veteran time off today. Yep. Uh but long Nichols, like I mentioned, was starting. Eddie Goldman was out there. But again, when you're playing nose tackle and there's no contact, it's already a very at least from a vantage point in the middle of the crowd. Hard
1: position to gauge, uh, especially without contact. So anything else on the defensive line? You know, just just based off of our vantage point with no pads, it wouldn't be, I guess, helpful to kind of go any more into what we just saw. Uh, But that was, again, we'll get a better indication probably tomorrow when they are in pads. Definitely be paying attention to that uh, because today really wasn't the best day to kind of gauge defensive line play.
2: Yeah, and even when they're doing their one-on-one drills, they were so far away. So far away, yeah. Linebackers?
1: Inside brain, or outside? You know what? Let's go inside because I think we have more on the outside just based off of that pass rush that they were bringing. So the inside guys, again, you alluded to Roquan Smith's speed. I thought Dane Trevathan, too. Um, a guy that was just sound as in assignments. There was one. I think it was, I think it was David Montgomery shook D- Dane Trevathan out um, of Again, that is a very shifty running back, but that is Dane Trevathan who is a guy that can stay with some of the better running backs in the league. Um, but I think overall, again, still kind of hard to gauge whether these guys are actually blitzing or without the pads, it's not uh, doing them justice. But for the most part, you that's, that's Roquan Smith, that's James Trevathan. They're always going to be sound there, their assignments and make plays on the field.
2: I mean, they're a pretty strong duo, those two. Looking at the depth, though, Joel E.A. Booneyway, again – no pads, but he did
1: come out on a few blitzes. It was
2: in the backfield. I think yeah. I saw him get a sack on Trubisky today.
1: Yeah, I think it was like a cleo joel E. A. bunay way stunt mm-hmm. that really got to that offensive line they were able to get in the backfield. I think I saw that twice, actually, where it was number 45 and 52 just doing some kind of formation where then they were both in the backfield. So that works.
2: It it does. It does. And on top of that, they didn't do a lot of special teams today. But when he was out there, I thought, uh, you know, Iggy, who we talked about in our Mm -hmm. last podcast, being one of those core special teamers, I think we said he played about 75% of those snaps last Mm year. I mean, he was out there a lot. He's looking fast. He looks confident. Uh, I'm actually expecting some decent things from him this year. Again, hopefully he doesn't have to play a lot on defense. But in just general, he looked every bit of the part. He looks a little bit more. I mean, he was like, what, a fifth round pick last year?
1: Fourth round. Fourth round pick, yeah. So,
2: yeah, you can tell, like, he's a seasoned veteran now. He's really starting to uh, come into his own. But let's bounce outside because we have a lot on the outside linebackers. I mean, number one, Khalil Mack. First ever training camp practice with the Chicago Bears. Very first play of 7-on-7, and he's in the backfield at Mitch Trubisky's lap in about, what, a second?
1: One second. Maybe, yeah, two at the most, but... Yeah, it, Cleo Mack is just a force, and it doesn't matter what play, what kind of if it's a run, pass, you know when Khalil Mack is making plays because you just see 52 so often. Mm-hmm. He was just disrupting plays. There were times in my notes where I have Mitch Trubisky would have gotten killed on that snap, and then I look down, and then my friend tells me, yeah, it would have happened again as I'm writing down that Cleo Mack was in the backfield. He is that good, and I know Bobby Massey, that's one tough guy to block, but yeah he he makes his presence known on a play-to-play basis yeah i
2: said seven on seven obviously they're not sending the blitzes on seven on seven mm-hmm. this was team drills 11 on 11 uh the very next play two on 11 on 11 uh they had mac with his hand in the dirt on the left side uh with Leonard floyd right next to him which you have Akeem hicks Khalil mac and Leonard floyd overloading one side of the line of scrimmage that's a nightmare for any team good luck Honestly, yeah. good luck with that. Did you see anything from Leonard Floyd today? I saw him around the ball. Mm-hmm. I saw him in the backfield a few times. I believe he got one sack or he was close to one. Again, you can't really tell who gets a sack when three different guys touch a quarterback. Yeah. It's a little difficult to gauge. But overall, he looked bigger. I think we see that every year. And every year, he does continue to bulk up. Um, but again, I think tomorrow in the Padron is what I'm really excited to see from a Leonard Floyd.
1: Yeah, so the times I was like keying on a Leonard Floyd on a specific play, I just wanted to see his hand placement how he was utilizing it and for the times I watched, he didn't get to the quarterback and you know it's not gonna get to the quarterback every single time but once those pads come on and you can maybe get inside a tackle's pads and pull them towards you and you know do some other counter moves that's gonna be when I want to see Leonard Floyd just make the most of his opportunities but for the most part again I think like we said he got to the quarterback maybe once and we'll see I guess tomorrow what he can actually do when the pads are on
2: uh, looking elsewhere in the depth chart, in my mind, I'm trying to think, uh, I would say that, uh, fits look quicker than he did a year ago. He, last year, he just seemed out of place. And this year, it seems like again, another year, he was a six round pick. He had a lot of potential. I'm excited to see what he can do in the page run. Uh, he was out there a lot. Uh, same thing with, uh, Irving. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, Matthew Betts or yeah, Matt Betts from, uh, the Canadian college league. U sport, I think is what it is. He looked clunky and slow and I, again, that's what we talked about. He's a clunky, awkward kind of shaped guy, (laughs) but who was highly productive in Canada, but I didn't see anything out of him today. That's really jumping off. Um, but maybe shell isn't his strong suit. Maybe once the pads on, he'll find a way to, you know, make some splash plays, but he just didn't seem like he fit at all today. Mm. At least in my opinion,
1: anything else on the outside guys, you know, that's about it. Again, of I I've said this many times in this podcast already, but tomorrow's going to be a, a good indication of what this defense can really do because I think when you put on the pads, it's obviously going to help them when they can, you know, impose their physical will or do, you know, different types of moves. But yeah, I think now we go to the, those uh, cornerbacks, yeah. safeties, nickel corners.
2: Yeah, we we'll start with the secondary. Let's do corner and then safety. Yeah, uh, corner first. No surprises from the starting unit. Even uh, I would say a Buster screen. It uh, actually look pretty decent, mm-hmm. pretty physical uh, overall. But when I'm looking at the second string corners, right, you're looking at... Uh, You had Duke Shelley out there in the nickel. And then when you're looking on the outside, you had Kevin Tolliver. And then you even had, I think I saw John Franklin out there with the twos, a little bit more than a Michael Joseph. Did that
1: surprise you? You know what? Um, A little bit initially, especially because we thought Michael Joseph last year had a pretty decent camp. But, yeah, John Franklin had the opposite of that. But uh, Mincy definitely got burned later in the camp. Uh, I forget which wide receiver uh, got him. But, um, yeah, not too surprising there with uh, the – the quarterback depth, but you mentioned Buster Screen, and that was a guy that was really focusing on in this camp, just to see if he could stick with the receivers. Look, for the most part, Anthony Miller, when he got to that first string defense, there wasn't a lot of targets his way, and there were times where Buster Screen I thought was in pretty good coverage, and then there were times where, had maybe the quarterback thrown the ball Anthony Miller, would have been a completion, but for the most part, I think Buster Screen uh, stayed with his guy, most obviously mostly in the slot, but I did see him move outside when a Cordell Patterson was guarding him, and that even moved down to, you know, his backup, Duke Shelley, who uh, obviously we have, I guess, history with Duke Shelley with this with video that he made. But uh, again, he showed why he's been getting some good talks uh, just from rookie minicamp and minicamp earlier. He's able to stay with guys. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want to have in that nickel corner position. I thought
2: Kevin Tolliver uh, is looking like he's progressing. He's coming Mm -hmm. along very well. I had a few notes down jotted of just him being in good overall coverage, uh, which is a guy where last year you said, you know, keep everyone in front of you. I thought he was playing a little bit more aggressively than we saw last year. I think he's a little bit more confident at his position, confident in his role on this defense. Uh, So to me, that'd be something I hope translates over to the preseason. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then other than that, I think we kinda hit on all the guys. Oh, Michael Joseph, I had uh he got burned by Ives, number fourteen. That's right, Ives.
1: Good job, Ives. <laughs> yeah, it was uh,
2: a little on the right side of our view. It was like a little out and up route mm-hmm. and just blew uh Ives just blew right past him and it was like not even close, about eight to ten yards of separation. Um but I don't think we need a nitpick on like the third to 4th string corners here. Very true, very
1: sure.
2: Uh moving over to safeties. Eddie Jackson is Eddie Jackson. Uh Dion Bush, look every part of Dion Bush. Uh if you're wondering haha Clinton Dix, don't forget he is on the pup list. Uh, to begin the training camp, even though I did see him jogging around the field off and on. So even though he's dealing with that injury, I don't think it's overly serious. I think they're just being overly cautious.
1: Yeah, and they, they did say todays I think it was a Bears encounter. Someone tweeted out that Hocklin uh, Dix is looking like he's more uh, closely going to be on this practice field at some point. So again, good indication to have Hocklin uh, Dix getting better and hopefully back in the practice squad soon. But yeah, Deion Bush, I thought... Again, there was no big plays that really happened. Not with the starting defense, really. And if anything, mm-hmm. it was maybe isolated on a corner, a one-on-one, but not really like the safety's fault for getting over late. Um, and I think that's, that's what you want to have out of your safeties. Uh, when we were passing by the, the camp, we noticed that there was like a petting zoo or some kind. of mm-hmm. There are animals on there. I'm like, oh, speaking of animals, I think there's a duck. There's a duck, and there's also a good play from backup safety Clifton Duck, uh, number four, number 38, had a good pass breakup. But I thought that was kind of funny that the the animals there reminded me of one of the players there.
2: <laughs> speaking of 38, did you have any flashbacks of people like you think? Oh, there's Adrian Amos.
1: Like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, there. Were, I mean, the Ben Broniker one got me for a second.
2: You mean the Daniel
1: Brown? Oh well, Daniel Brown. Was oh, because Bronner's now eighty-two. That's with right. That's right. Cordell Patterson. Where's Ben Broderick in? But yeah, I think for the most part, I had a good indication of who was who on the practice
0: field. All uh,
2: right. I think we should wrap up uh, special teams, and I think the only thing we need to even talk about today is the Bears' kicking competition. Only one kicker kicked today. Uh, that his name is Elliot Fry. Just in case you need a reminder, uh, number eight. Number eight. Elliot Fry. Uh, he went seven of eight. Seven of eight.
1: Just could have sworn uh, from our vantage point, we're on the side of you looking at the field goal. Uh, thought he went eight for eight, but it was impressive to watch. Everybody's watching him, and he goes seven for eight with that last field goal, being a sixty yard sixty
2: yarder. Guys, Elliot Fry, he had some wind at his back, mm-hmm. but he he's someone who we've heard doesn't have the range, doesn't have the length, doesn't have the leg. And there he goes, hitting a sixty yarder. And when he was seven of eight, what they did is like move back like three to five yards every time. I didn't have enough time to jot down uh, all of the yard mm-hmm. markers, but sort started at like a 25 or 30 yard kick and then moved back all the way. But he was most part down the middle, very accurate on uh, two minute drills when they're trying to get into field goal range. He was one of two and I think he had about a 48 yarder on uh, the one that he Hit and I think that with the miss was a little bit shorter, but overall, uh, today again, uh, no Pinero. Uh, so today, even though it's Saturday, Nick, it was
1: Friday. Yeah, your, your tweet there, you got us. Uh, it is Friday, and I think that look, the Bears fans were happy to see that they were mm-hmm. cheering so loudly just to see that football go through the uprights and not have a double doink. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's encouraging to see. It's only the first day of camp, and with uh, Elliot Fry, it was more so. Again, like you said, he needed to work on his strength, but he had that consistency. We saw the consistency today.
2: We did. We saw the consistency. Did you in your area seem like, okay, so as soon as I heard a coach here yell, field goal, everyone got squirmy. Oh, and yeah. like, all the Bears fans, all what, maybe 10,000 Bears fans today? I don't have the official number, but there's a lot of people. But everyone got real squirmy. Everyone got nervous. And I think... I think for the most part, there are a few people who talk, but the Augusta silence, like the fans really bought into that because everyone's
1: like, shh, 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 shh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, when people said field goal, everyone's <laughs> like, oh, here we go. And then when they're about to kick, you know, kind of building up that anticipation. What is this guy going to do under pressure? Obviously, this is a training game. This isn't a game. We'll see how it comes to fruition later on. But it was a good outing from Elliott Fry to start off the training game. When I'm
2: sitting about 50 yards away from the kick and I can hear the thud, of his foot against that ball. You know, it's with 10,000 plus people here. It's a pretty quiet atmosphere. Yep. Absolutely. All right. I think let's just wrap up just final thoughts on the entire day. And let's uh, close the book on day
1: one and look forward to day two. Yeah. I'm really encouraged to see what the offense did on day one, uh, especially just having the basis for last year and how it started off. Mitch Trubisky looked good. He was on point with his passes. He got his playmakers involved, and that's what you want to see from Matt Nagy in this offense going into year two. And then defensively, when you have guys like Khalil Mack who are making impact plays on day one, and then you have a guy like Duke Shelley who's also staying consistently with his receiver, that's encouraging to see. But I think overall it was a good competitive day from this bears team and now we're only going to get the pads and it's only going to get even more competitive from there felt
2: it felt fairly even didn't it like yeah. the entire practice like back and forth not one side dominated the other which i think we know uh how talented this team is but to see the back and forth the teeter-totter of good plays going in one area like it's, the defense had one good stand oh yeah three plays in a row were a sack uh, then on the following one, Trubisky was able to take one sack and work his way through from like a third and twenty, and was able to convert on for a fourth and two, and they're able to get that as uh, Trubisky to uh, turbo on that. Uh, so to see, you know, the, the teeter totter, the seesaw, the back and forth, to me, uh, very encouraging because we just know how talented it is. And if the defense was still overpowering the offense, I think I would actually have some concerns at this point because mm-hmm. we expect more from the offense this year. Uh, but one last thing at Trubisky, I was going through my notes. I have. Trubisky is hitting, and I'm quoting myself here, all the throws. Like he was hitting the short ones, he was hitting the deep ball. He looked accurate today. And I think if that's the one takeaway you take from the show, that our quarterback is confident, he's playing in the system, he's playing with his instincts, his mechanics look improved, that's a lot of excitement to kind of build the rest of this team around. Um, But I think that's going to do it for me today. I can't wait for the pass to come on tomorrow.
1: Oh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting day tomorrow.
2: Uh, don't forget if you uh, want to get in on a free Bears Jersey giveaway, uh, leave a review of our show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, help show your appreciation for our show. Uh, me driving eight hours to get here this morning, Nick driving a couple. And we'll be back here uh, tomorrow as well. I think I'm hitting, you got what, the first two practices? Is that what you're doing? I don't think I'll be here on, yeah. First two, and then we'll see how it kind of goes from there with the work schedule. All right. I'm hoping to be here for the first five practices this year. So hopefully you enjoyed uh, this episode of the Chicago Audible, our day one camp report. It went almost twice the length than I thought we would get, but uh, that's what we do. We just get talking. We had Jeff Joniak pop in for a quick second. He may have said a word that caught on the mic. I don't know. But uh, until next time, bear down, Chicago. (laughs)